I don't want to listen to his podcast, huh? Dude, it's educational. And besides, I've been wanting to listen to this one. Welcome to Idling in the Impala, a podcast by and for lovers of Supernatural and the fan fiction it inspires. I'm Sandra. I'm Carly. And that was Jinx, you just said in the background. <laughs> He's here too. He's a good boy. He's a little podcast mascot. <laughs> so today, it's time, people. It's time. The battle of the dads, John versus Bobby. So, you know, we've been doing these little little character studies um, for a few episodes now. You know, we figured we'd, we'd give a bit of love to people outside of the boys. Because, yeah, I mean, why not? They, they deserve love too. And we definitely wanted to compare Bobby and John in terms of who is the better parents. There is a right answer. There is only one right answer. But uh, Sandra has compiled for us a lovely table that she has shared with me this time. Usually she keeps her table secret, mm-hmm. but she has shared with with me this time. So do you want to kick us off on your thoughts, Sandra? Or do you want me to go first? Because I always throw it back to you. I'm sorry. Um, no, I mean, if you want to go first, because I'm, I'm sure you have thoughts, many, many thoughts about it. I mean, I, I just know there's, to me, there's no... There's no battle. <laughs> I already know who's the dad. <laughs> yes. Yes. So maybe 100%. this is not the best topic because we're both going to be leaning very heavily towards one particular, this is the right answer. So yes, yes, yes. Yes, but but I just, it's an interesting character study, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. an interesting character study. I obviously, I'm like Sandra, there is only one right answer. It's not a battle Bobby trounces John all over. Like, it just pummels him into the dirt. It's embarrassing how much better of a parent figure to Sam and Dean that Bobby actually is. But we thought, you know, we'd break it down a little bit. We'd look at some key moments between the two of them. So I suppose if we're going to start, we should start at the beginning, really. Mm -hmm. So strike one against John, for me, is... Right at the very beginning. Oh, hello. This is now really Jinx has thoughts. Okay. <laughs> Jinx Jinx apparently has feelings on dads. Um okay. Are you gonna meow directly into the mic? Because that would be amazing. And I would cut it out and use it all the time. Nope, you're leaving. I'm very sorry, guys. My cat decided now is the time. He's always here. He's just decided now is the time for him to make his presence known. Mm-hmm. So for me, the, um, you know, like strike one against John is at the very start of the series, which is Mary is in bed and she hears Sam cry. And John is downstairs watching the TV and doesn't fucking move. That's bad parenting. Mm-hmm. What, what are you doing? You're downstairs. Okay, not everybody goes to bed at the same time. That's fine. I don't always go to bed at the same time as my husband. Sandra, I know you don't go to bed at the same time as your husband. Mm-hmm. So that's fine. But I know if I hear my baby cry and I'm downstairs and my husband is in bed, I will go upstairs and deal with it. And vice versa if I'm in bed. So that's straight one for me, John. Like, what it what what are you Was doing? he asleep on the chair? It doesn't see, I matter. feel like no. See, okay, this is where I feel like um, husbands piss off um, their wives. Is that husbands can sleep, um, and I may be making a very generic generalization on this. 
I feel that husbands can sleep through lots of stuff that maybe a mother wouldn't say. Um, I Mm. just know my husband has the ability to fall asleep pretty much everywhere. (laughs) So I don't know if in that case, he might've already been asleep and maybe he just didn't hear. And that's Mm. a whole other topic of it pisses me off that you can just fall asleep and that's your excuse for not being able to hear our kids mm-hmm. kind of thing. So I feel like they probably have had that discussion a few times too, because you can tell you don't, you don't know this right up front, but as the seasons go on, you understand more that their idyllic portrayal of, you know, what they were as parents and as partners in life is not what it actually was in reality, that they had their, they had their issues too, you know, like going, going through the motion oh, yeah. in life. So yeah. So I, yeah, I, I do agree, but go ahead, continue. Yeah, that yeah. was my only thing. So yeah, no, asleep, asleep or otherwise, obviously I have, I have children with my husband and my husband has always, he's always been very good at getting up mm-hmm. at small sounds. But mm-hmm. then sometimes I will be still awake at like, you know, 12, one o'clock in the morning and my oldest child will want something not so much anymore but when he was younger and my husband I'd be looking at my husband like are you gonna wake up (laughs) and he's just sleeping on oblivious (laughs) and I go and deal with the child and I sort the problem you know Mm -hmm. my mom I do that shit I fix it and I come back and he's still snoring and I'm like what the fuck what is happening right now and then the next morning I'll go hey did you hear redacted in Mm -hmm. the night and he'll be like what no, mm. and I'd be like, "Oh yeah, like one o'clock in the morning, you were fast asleep, fucker." <laughs> but then equally, he does that to me. He's like, "Oh, the baby got up at like three o'clock in the morning," and I'm like, "Fucking did he? Mm. What?" Mm-hmm. So I, I get it. It sounds I like you it. have more of a but, balanced of that happening than yeah. at least from what I've heard, or just in my dealings with my husband, where like if there's a noise or something in the middle of the night that wakes me up, then it's the dilemma. Do I wake him up because he's going to be a cranky son of a bitch? Because <laughs> there's noise. Oh no, I, w- I w- <laughs> no no I wake that. my husband up. No no, I wake him up. I'm like, baby, there's a noise downstairs. Go check it out. And then I really have goes, to decide: what? is 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 this life or death? Because I don't know if I want to deal with my <laughs> husband's. You know, why did you wake me up? Scenario. So yeah, yeah. But we don't necessarily have to string John up by his toes for the crime of falling asleep downstairs. But in the greatest sphere. <laughs> Of how shitty a parent John is. That's like strike one. And mm. also, your wife has given birth to a baby six months ago. Okay. We know that you're not around. You're busy. You're working, whatever, because you came in when she was putting that baby to bed. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You were like, oh, dad right. But he wasn't there for bedtime, was he? So she was putting that muffin to bed. Okay. Mm-hmm. Your wife is fucking tired, right? If you're staying up, by fuck, you better be staying up and listening to that baby. Mm-hmm. Let the woman sleep. She's busy. Yeah. Yeah. She's tired. Mm-hmm. But that's that's strike one for me. That's strike one for me. Strike two, John, is that he always put Mary in front of his kids, even when she was dead. Mm-hmm. So, again, we're in the first scene. He's run into the bedroom he's seen her on the ceiling mm-hmm. the priority at that point is to get the children out of the house mm-hmm. it's not to pass a six-month-old baby to a four-year-old mm-hmm. and tell him to take his brother and go 
while mm-hmm. he goes and does whatever the fuck he thinks he's going to do with his wife, right? Yeah. Unfortunately, there are times in life when you have to make hard decisions. And I think, I don't think me and Sandra will disagree on this, but I think we're coming from it in different places. As obviously, I have children and Sandra mm-hmm. does not. Mm-hmm. But me and my husband have had those kind of difficult conversations mm-hmm. to the tune of if this happens but like fire plans for the home Mm -hmm. if this happens this is where we're going to go this is what's going to happen and this is the order that everybody's going to get out in Mm -hmm. and I made it very clear to my husband that I would expect him to get my children out first Mm -hmm. and I think he was very much on the same page as me that we were in agreement that one of us would get the children out first Mm -hmm. So our sort of evacuation plan is he goes first. And the reason for that is that he is stronger than me. Mm-hmm. So if I have to drop my children out of a window, he can catch them mm-hmm. in a safer manner than I can. Mm-hmm. So as he goes first, my eldest boy, my youngest boy, and then me. Yeah. You know, and yeah. if we can round up the cats and save them, we will. Of course, if we can get back in and get them out because the cats stay in the kitchen on the night so we could just open the front door, you know. Mm-hmm. But the priority is the children. So that's mm-hmm. that's what I'm getting at here. Yeah. John's priority 100% should have been he should have got those kids out, you know. Right. Unfortunately, you have to make awful decisions like that. And it would kill me if I had to leave my husband behind in a burning building like that. But he would want me to get our children to safety it's yeah. that simple and i would be exactly the same i would be furious if i found out he had not got our children to safety before coming back for me and he mm-hmm. would be exactly the same yeah. so that's strike two for john you know in that very first scene he puts mary first and he puts mary first for the next 19 years until sam leaves and then even after that when they come back He's all about the demon that got married, the demon that got married, the demon that got married. And I'm like, you babies, John, fucking babies, literally four and six month old, actual babies. Could you be a parent, please? Yeah. So strike two, strike two for John. I'll add to that later on. Yeah. Is um... later on. Finding out, no, no, I mean, like, in terms of how that one scene, first of all, that scene is just, like, pretty much, that's the whole theme of the show, right? Like, Dean has to protect Sam. Like, you you, you don't realize that until later that, oh, that's pretty much, right there in a nutshell, what he was given to do by his father. But then also, I think you find out in season one that. Sam didn't even know that it was Dean that carried him out of the fire. Like Dean ended up being the one I think that gave him that little piece of information. So it goes back Mm -hmm. to John. The one thing I really can't stand is the withholding of information, whether or not he just felt it wasn't important or it wouldn't have benefited his ultimate goal or revenge plan. Um, so it's that reworking or only giving them so much that he feels is necessary. So he's still in charge and 
mm. figuring that out, that finding that little bit out later that, you know, oh, Sam, like we're talking like he was in his twenties when he, when he found that out and that Dean didn't even think to mention that, you know what I mean? Like all of those, the hierarchy, the relationships, how that works and is weird in John and the boys dynamic. So yeah, that was was just something I was Mm -hmm. thinking about when you talked about that other strike. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's interesting that the one that Dean, uh, that John focused on was Sam. Mm -hmm. Now, if we take this, if we zoom all the way out of this and you take this from a purely logical standpoint and we're not thinking about Sam and Dean, we're not thinking about brothers, if John had blamed Sam for Mary's death, for Sam being born, for Mary needing to go into the nursery that night, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. if John had blamed Sam, I could have seen logic in that. Mm-hmm. If John had chosen to focus on the child he had known for longer and had more of a bond with, and Sam was the kid that killed his mom, for lack of a better term. I would have seen the logic behind that. As a storytelling device, I, w- I would have got it. And I think it's interesting that Dean was the kid that was tossed away almost mm-hmm. for Sam. And is it like, is John coming at it from a place of, well, Mary gave her life to save Sam, so I must put him on a pedestal mm-hmm. above all? But it... Sam being the younger brother, it doesn't make a lot of sense emotionally. Yeah. I also wonder how soon it was that he put all of the pieces together about what was going on. And then does that like when, like, that's one of those things I, I wish we knew, like, when did John realize, you know, what the plan was for Sam? And is that Mm. why? Dean had to become this surrogate parent partnership to keep Sam safe um, for whatever reason at all cost scenario. But again, I, I, I understand there's like everybody's human first before they're a parent, right? And they don't always make the best decisions. I, I do get that. But when you uh, is is the term parent? There's a parentification, right? Or you yes. you you turn that you turn your child into a partner or a parent because you can't cope. There's a lot of mm-hmm. lingering issues and trauma with that. And again, some people are just doing the best they can. Um, but in my mind, John John was so hyper focused on the revenge part of it. And I feel they really kind of tried to mirror that with Sam too. in like the first season and even the second season with Jessica, but you see them as needing that revenge more and that being all that they are behind and whoever needs to fall by the wayside to get that done. So be it even if it's my kids, which doesn't make sense because he's all about like, you know what I mean? It's like, it doesn't make sense. Like if this is, 
if you're all about revenge for your wife, your your kids are going to need I just feel like they just needed the information. They needed to know why, the why behind it. Not just the how are we going to do this, but why are we doing this? Not just because um mm-hmm. I said so. Yeah, I Yeah, I just it 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 all comes down to to that one thing for me is that John put Mary and of in the very initial John put rescuing Mary over making sure that his kids got out mm-hmm. safe. Yeah. But then he put avenging Mary before his children. And I don't, I don't, I'm just getting my little soapbox out. As a parent, I hate that phrase. But as a parent, I can't imagine doing that. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I love the bones of my husband. I love him to death, but I cannot conceive of being in that situation and making that choice Mm -hmm. because you have to think would mary have wanted john to do that would she have wanted him to dump his kids with anybody who would take them while he fucked off for weeks on end yeah we know that's we know she wouldn't because like you know she kept going on and on you know about she didn't want that for her kids you know so you know that that's a thing she didn't want them in the life yeah she didn't want them in the life Mm -hmm. But John just disregarded all of that completely, which which leads us nicely into strike three. Let your kids have a fucking education, Jonathan. <laughs> Let them, like, fucking sit down. Just sit down, right? Okay? Let them fucking do school. Like, you can go demon hunting in 18 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, ostensibly, maybe closer to 14 years because if you'd let Dean get to 18 you probably could have fucked off then and gone just watch Sammy for the last four years and (laughs) Dean probably would have done that Mm -hmm. but instead you dragged them all around the country like what 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 are you doing yeah John why and again it comes down to everything coming before their well-being and I have I have read so many fanfics to this effect that it now is canon in my head, even though it was never discussed in the show. John only ever left so much money. Mm-hmm. What did Dean have to do yeah. to get more money? You yeah. know, and I know they go, oh, he hustled pool, stolen credit cards, but I think, you know, I've read so many, so many fics where Dean, you know, took yeah. A, darker path like let's you know like dean dean had to do sex work to get yeah. money to feed sam and i can't i can't unknow that now yeah i can't like it's never even alluded to in the show mm-hmm. but you can't tell me dean wouldn't have done anything to feed his brother yeah. if they had nothing if there was nothing he could steal if there was no other way for him to make money mm-hmm. he would have done that mm-hmm. there's no there's no question about it in my mind Yeah. Yeah. I think even, isn't that something that even in an interview, like way, way back, even Jensen had maybe said something to that effect. Gotta ask D. Um, Cause I feel like that might even have been something that like had Canon in Jensen's head was that, you know, Dean more than likely did that, you know, for Sammy to make ends. Maybe, maybe that's where I've got it from then. 
Maybe that's I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll have to double check that or if anybody knows for sure that's listening, because I feel that that's a thing I've heard um, too is, you know, you're going to, yeah, hustling pool or like little odd jobs is only going to do so much. And if, oh, I'm going to be gone for a week, it turns into two, three, four. Yeah. Cause I've read a lot of pre-series that, you know, has that same situation. And again, like they kind of, hi Jinx, they kind of made it um, apparent <laughs> in a lot of the flashbacks, you know, where you see what little Dean is having to do for Sam and the sacrifices he's having to make if dad doesn't turn up or dad's like the Christmas episode, like when they didn't have, they weren't going to have Christmas mm. or, you know, when he wanted to have cereal, but you know, Sam wanted it instead. So he gave that there's only, there's only enough for a bowl. He gives it to Sam. So there's all of the sacrifice he was making. I'm sure if that became an easier way to make money or he knew he was going to get more again, yeah. look at, look at what you're doing. Look at the, look at the choices you're making a child have to make based off of your your decision terrible yeah terrible so it's, it's really horrible human yeah. yeah so yeah that would be that would be strike three mm -hmm. would just be you know abandoning them everywhere dragging them all around the country not letting them have a childhood not letting them mm -hmm. you know have a kind of future they didn't think yeah. about a future outside of at least i know dean didn't sam did no you know and sam that was a part of the confrontation and the issues too was like you know he was like i'm going to stanford i'm doing this if you do that don't come back it was a it was an all or nothing for john and you know that kind of yeah it just it just put it just put the it just put the act over your kids like this is what i need to do i i it's just not it's just not good. It's just not good. Nope. Like I, I, I don't. I, terrible. I, I would love terrible to hear from a John parents. apologist about you know, <laughs> anybody who has anything to say as to how, um, whatever choices he made. Again, like I, I think you could, at a human level, you can understand. But at a parent and your responsibility for your children, that it's not just you. You know, you've got other people that you that count on you, rely on you. And yeah. you're not taking that into consideration. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that, that, that would 100% lead into strike four, which is John, you're the parent, not Dean. Specifically, God, I can't remember the episode name now, but it's that weird uh, witch vampire thing that's putting all the kids in comas and they find out it's a doctor in the hospital. And it's got that cute little kid. Who's yeah, little brother gets taken into the, hospital, the, the motel. That has the that's the flashback with Dean and and the serial and and all that. Is I think it it's called something yeah. wicked. It's a Strega, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But that you know the the thing getting Sam and John bursting in and being so furious with Dean, mm -hmm. and I'm just like, how about John? We take two minutes to think about the fact that you fucked off and left your kids for an unknown period of time mm -hmm. and you expected a I don't know how old would they have been eight and four nine and five maybe yeah maybe a little bit older maybe yeah just yeah a maybe bit. Mm -hmm. but even so like you know 
you you just expected him to stay in the motel room and I just he's a kid and they just don't fucking stay where you put them. Yeah. After about six months, that's it. They're just off. Yeah. That's why four to six months is peak child peak child time. Because they stay where you fucking put them. But they laugh and smile at you and it's nice. You get interaction back, they laugh and smile at you. It's cute, but when you put them down, they fucking stay there. Mm-hmm. They don't just piss off. Mm-hmm. You put a baby down and you leave, not for very long, like for a minute or whatever, you know, yeah. like go pee. Mm-hmm. And you come back and it's where you left it. Literally. It hasn't gone anywhere. That video, the John being an ass, that scene is in there. I know it's in there. It, that's something wicked where he's just like, why didn't you, why weren't you here? Why weren't you paying attention to your brother? Yeah. Um, you know, that's just not, it's just not something, you know, Dean was allowed to do. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then, I mean, obviously if John hadn't left Dean, we wouldn't have had the show because Dean wouldn't have had to go to Stanford and pick Sammy up. And, you know, we could, we could argue a strike would be leading them a merry fucking dance all over the place. But I think for me, the final nail in John's coffin is him sacrificing himself for Dean without saying a fucking word. And I mean, that's John all over. John, please talk. John, please tell people what is happening. Like, Mm -hmm. your youngest son being infected with demon blood is a conversation you should have had, babe. Mm -hmm. You should have been like, Sam, look, this, okay? Mm -hmm. And I understand that you want to go to Stanford and you want to get away from this life, and I get that, but you need to be aware of this, okay? You Like, you got to talk to people, mm-hmm. but he doesn't. Yeah. And then, he, you know, he just, the boys are just like, holy shit, he's dead with no no further information, and they they figure that he must have sold, made a deal and sold himself, and you see what that does to Dean. He smashes up the fucking car, you know? Yeah the car well he's given the information the only information he's given is that you need to protect sammy and if not if something goes wrong you've got to take him out like that's basically what he left him with right before he right before john died you know and it's just like there's not there's no other there's no other important information given you know or did he know about see this is where i get confused did he tell he didn't tell Dean that um, Sam was infected with demon blood at the time. Did he? I don't no. remember. So, okay. No, but he I, just told him, you're going to have to kill him if you can't if you can't yeah, save you him. Have to, if you can't you have save to him, save you have to him if him. you can't. Yeah. You, have to, you have to kill him. You have to take him out. Yeah. yeah. So, again, it's half a fucking story. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know this is, we need therapy Winchesters. But still. Yeah. And I mean, Sandra's beautiful table here is fabulous. In and amongst all of those sort of key points, he just isolated them from everyone. He kept them. I don't. I don't think we know a great deal about John's side of the family. Um, Not until much later, like with the. Well, um, no, yeah, yeah. no. With with Henry and John thought that his dad had left. Which is a whole other thing, because if you know what it's like to be abandoned by your father, Jonathan, yeah, why would you do this to your children? Yeah. But he kept them for Mary's family as well, mm-hmm. Samuel and Deanna. De- yeah, mm-hmm. Deanna. Yeah, 
like that was their link to their mom mm-hmm. and he kept them from that as well and he kept them isolated from everybody but then he kept them isolated from the community he was raising them to join as well mm-hmm. so like if you're going to keep them away from everybody who doesn't know what goes bump in the night uh, you're not going to have really well adjusted children yeah. but all right but then equally to keep them so isolated from the the hunter community as well mm-hmm. they didn't have a chance yeah and there was no there was no reason to do that because we know that john worked with other hunters mm-hmm. but as i was just saying that i wonder if it was less john isolating them from the hunter community and more the community refusing to have anything to do with john because they know he's a loose cannon because they know he will put other people in danger. Yeah, because that came like up with in, Joe's um, dad. With Joe's dad, I, I think I think it's probably a combination of that. Like, I think it was probably like distrust on John's end, and then John not having the best reputation in how he handled certain situations, and probably only using whoever he needed for whatever purpose, and not so much a community as a I just need you for this and this. Because I think there was like a Pastor Jim. And yeah. Bobby, really. I don't know outside of that hunter community how – I just don't think they they knew because you, you get the indication, I think, at the start of season two after John's died and they find um, the roadhouse, right? And they find Ellen and Joe and they realize that, oh, they're actually like networks. You know, it's mm-hmm. not just Bobby, you know, and I don't even think they really understood – how much Bobby did for the whole Hunter community until um, their dad died. Their dad dying was that opening up of here are these other people you could probably put some trust in um, when you need mm. to get stuff done. Cause I don't even know when they talked about like when Dean talks a little bit about hunting on his own, like did you hear a little bit, there's even some talk, Cause now I'm thinking about it too. Like in season 15, when he goes to find Lee, right? Like the, the person that was closer to his age and hunted occasionally with John. So there's different people, but there's not this, I just don't think they knew like everything that was going on. So I think it was, don't trust people with this information, which doesn't make sense if you're trying to solve something, right? Like if you're trying to solve something, you want to ask people all of this information like Missouri right like you find out in season one Missouri Mm. was somebody that gave John a lot of this information but they didn't know about her until yeah much later and it's just yeah it's all this withholding not you know don't trust anybody as much as you trust me I feel like that was kind of the the refrain that kept going. And I think Dean absorbed that a lot more than Sam did growing up. Oh yeah, up. definitely. Yeah. Um, so I think that's why, again, like I feel Bobby was probably the only big influence maybe that they had growing up outside of John, like an actual influence. Yeah. I feel it was Bobby. Yeah. So I think, I think we can agree. John scores minus 10 out of 10 for dabbing mm. um 
on anybody's anybody's metrics really i don't think i would like sandra i would be really interested to hear if you think like even if you did think there's just like one thing that john did that was oh that was nice you know like come hit us up tell us um i won't even ask for an essay this time i just want to i would very much welcome opinions from people who feel like john isn't actually scum of the earth hi what do you think about john do you think he's good dad or do you think he's garbage uh, that was very insightful. Thank you. Yeah. No, I think I appreciate was... your insight. Uh, that was good stuff. He's just, <laughs> I had to wait for him to leave because he's like, <laughs> his back end was between me and the mic. And I was like, I can't see the screen. I can't see anything. Move. Okay. So this is normally the part of any given podcast where we would go, hey, our sponsor today is, but we ain't sponsored. So we just have some uh, causes, some charities that we'd like to um, bring to your attention, point you in the direction of if you feel able or willing to donate to them. We have three main sort of causes, inverted commas, that we're uh, uh, promoting feels like the wrong word, but like signposting, highlighting, Mm -hmm. if you will. Mm -hmm. So the first one is um, to do with the conflict in Ukraine, the Russian invasion unlawfully of Ukraine so we would just like to draw your attention to World Central Kitchen which as it sounds like is um you know helping to feed people that are affected by this conflict um you know although it's dropped out of the media quite a bit now there's still a hell of a lot of people in the Ukraine that are trapped that are cut off you know that are struggling for food and water and basic supplies so that's what that charity is there for we have Kids Save which again, as the name suggests, is looking out for the children that are affected um, by this. I mean, conflict feels like the wrong word. It's, you know, it's an unlawful invasion. But yeah, yeah, Yeah. kids save. And then we have, if you don't want to sort of, if you don't feel you can or want to commit to just one single charity, we also have a link to the global giving page for the Ukraine Crisis Relief Fund, which obviously is then split between various different places that it needs to go it's sort of the global equivalent of a gofundme or a just giving page so we have that and then for those of you that are in the us and oh lord we know it's hard right now we do so we have the um mums demand action ending gun violence um the sandy hook promise advocate for gun regulation in your state wherever you may be we have the American Civil Liberties Union, which is, you know, basic human rights. Come on, people. Like, I, it, it doesn't feel like it should be this hard, but somebody needs to give your government a kick up the ass and be like, mm-hmm. hey, it's not this hard. You're making it harder than it is. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, vote.gov. You know, look up the voting regulations in your state, in your area. Find out what you need to do. Be informed. Be prepared, because that is the best way to enact any kind of change. And that doesn't just go for the US, that goes for the UK, anywhere else. Educate yourself. Know what you need to do so nobody can catch you out. Last cause, definitely not least, LGBT, LGBTQ plus people. My folks, we are under attack. There's no easy way to say it. There's no nice way to say it. People want us dead, yo. It's really heavy in the US. It's coming in the UK, you know, and it's fucking hard. There's no one cause fits all for this. There's nothing particularly global. And to be honest, I didn't really want to signpost to any, you know, causes that are fighting against this. I want to bring this down more to people 
you know, we're not just, we're not a statistic. Everyone's a person. So the causes I want to signpost are Switchboard LGBT in the UK and the Trevor Project in the USA. And they are both um, services where you can reach out, you can be connected to people to talk to, you know, it's hard. We need to come together, guys. So if you need to talk to somebody, if you need help, if you are not safe where you are, these charities will help you, you know, reach out to them, even if it's just someone to talk to, even if it's just someone to go, this fucking sucks. If you need that help, reach out as well. For anyone outside of the US and the UK, I'd like to draw your attention to the Trevor Project. Again, they have resources for international LGBTQ plus people, youth. We know that as much as it's hard in our countries, it's a hell of a lot harder in some other countries and it's not easy to come out. It's not easy to be safe. So take a look at that link for some resources, some places to go for help, some ideas of how to keep yourself safe. So again, it's not a sponsor. We wish we had a nice fun sponsor to bring you, but we know that it's hard and we just want to point you in the direction of help for others if you can give it and help for yourself if you need it. So back to the podcast, I guess. But uh, on the complete flip side, we have Bobby. Mm-hmm. Now we'll go through. We don't have we don't have strikes with Bobby. We have points in Bobby's favor. It's just comparisons to John. Yeah. You know, again, like there was the uh the utility part of Dean, the potential in Sam not really being paid attention to and i feel that bobby was one that wanted them to feel like they were more than just their role um mm-hmm. and looked at them as individuals and what their strengths and weaknesses were i think they i think he realized more about what their strong points were Mm-hmm. I and I don't I mean I, I think there's been a couple episodes where they're like you know which one's your favorite or whatever and I don't think he as a good parent I don't think he ever had favorites but he understood what made them the difference their best their best version of themselves if they really wanted to take the time and care about that yeah and just the amount of I, I wrote down too like the withholding of information, but Bobby was the giver of information, right? Like if they ever needed to know something, they called Bobby and Bobby became that, here's the research, here's what I did, here's what you need to do. Not just send them off on a case like he did, like John did in all of season one, gave them little breadcrumbs to send them here, send them there. Like just fucking coordinates. But no information as to this is what you need to figure it out on your own. Like it's, it's one thing to want your child to learn, right. But then you're, you're literally putting them at, you know, the danger of being killed, give them Mm -hmm. some of the information it's in your book. Don't just leave them your book or let them by chance find your book. And then they have to do the digging. Like if you're going to send them somewhere, oh, by the way, you know, maybe check the book. It's in the book. Don't just like scan 50 million. Like here's where I know where it is in the book, or I don't have time to tell you, but here it is. Or just that, like Bobby was all about, I'm going to, I'm going to make your job 
a little bit easier because you're already putting yourself in harm's way. You need to have all the resources and tools to make this easier for you. So you come out alive on the other end of it. Um, I'm thinking like, I'm thinking now, I can't think of a single time when Bobby withheld information from Sam and Dean, any information. There was never... I think the only thing he didn't tell them right away was when he'd made the deal with Crowley. And then they found out later because he had... um, When he... The whole thing, he ended up in the wheelchair uh, Mm. situation. And there was some sort of... I can't remember the specifics, but he didn't didn't give them that right away. But he eventually told them. That, that was I a sacrifice think, too. Like yeah, you know, he did a sacrifice. And that was that was something personal to mm-hmm. Bobby. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like yes, he should have told them, but them not knowing mm-hmm. was not at that time to their detriment. Yeah. Think if it had been to their detriment, he would have been like, "Well, I did this, and you can be salty about it if you want, but I've done it now." Yeah, you know. Yeah. So, and I just, I one of the things that really stands out to me is. You know, the last thing that Bobby did was outrun a Reaper to give Sam and Dean information. Yeah. Yeah. And that that episode could fuck off, right? Mm-hmm. For a start, like piss off. But that was like there's a there's a whole heap of Bobby being such a great dad in that episode. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, he's arguing with John on the phone because he took Dean to the park to play catch mm-hmm. instead of training him with a shotgun mm-hmm. um, and he let Dean be a kid and then obviously there's the the famous showdown with his own father mm-hmm. where he's like I, didn't, I never had kids because I was scared to be you mm-hmm. but I ended up with two boys anyway and they're great and they saved the world more than once Yeah, and you never <sighs> Bobby I think Bobby is the epitome of, I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas John was just mad. Like, there was never there was never a te- an attempt to correct behavior or show a better way or right. the right way. There was just anger. And when John was done being angry, then we moved on and you were expected to learn your fucking lessons, mm-hmm. but you were not guided in any way. Whereas Bobby, he... Maybe he's mad, but he's more disappointed that you've done this. Mm-hmm. But now you have done it. Okay. We'll deal with it. You know? Yeah. Specifically yeah. Dean's Dean's deal for Sam. Yeah. You know? And again, that heart-wrenching family don't end with blood scene. Um, and he's so, you know, he's just like, oh, I fucking could shake you. What the fuck have you done? Yeah. But then he just pulls him into a hug and he's like, it's okay, we'll, you know, we'll figure it out. And he did never stop trying, never mm-hmm. stop trying to help. And then, you know, we have all the wonderful, wonderful moments. <laughs> Jim Beaver throwing lube over Jared and Jensen as holy water <laughs> so many times. Um, but yeah, he's he's just he's just better. You know, yeah. he does he doesn't get it right all the time and yeah, he gets mad and you know, when his wife came back from the dead and he threatened them off his property and blah blah mm-hmm. blah blah. But you know, we all make mistakes. But overall, I think Bobby loved the boys because he loved them. And I think John loved them because he thought he had to. 
not because he actually did. I don't think. Yeah. You know? And I think it's very telling. Mm -hmm. I think it's very telling as well. After sort of, after um, All Hell Breaks Loose, when they kill Azazel, that's really the last time anyone uses John's body or John's image to try and manipulate the boys. Mm-hmm. But Bobby gets used a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, mystery spot, the trickster mm-hmm. appears as Bobby. Mm-hmm. He gets used a lot to try and manipulate the boys into doing yeah, what they want it to do. And I mean, the last episode, the episode that shan't be named, maybe it was a COVID thing that they couldn't get JDM up to Canada. And I honestly think if they'd have had John meet Dean in heaven, the fans would have rioted. Um, but Bobby was, Bobby was there. You know, mm-hmm. Bobby was the one that met him and was like, "It's okay, you know. Mm-hmm. Sam will be along, and you know, don't worry, it's it's okay." Mm-hmm. I think that's if anyone had to meet Dean up there, it had to be Bobby. It could never have been John. Yeah. A hundred percent. I just think that so would we give, have been torture anyway. Oh, we would have rioted. We would yeah. have rioted. It was a bad enough episode as it was. And if they'd have had fucking John meet Dean there with a beer, I would have been like, oh, what? No. Well, because so, we talked about this before too. And I will say, I was thinking about, because one of the videos I found, there was another time when Bobby withheld that Sam had come back, start of season six from dean he knew about sam being back for a year but his reasoning for not telling dean was because you got out of the life he's like i've never he's like you know that's just not something that happens and i wanted you to have all of that stuff you had and dean's like well you know it's not like i've done lisa and ben any good like you know you just all this stuff but he's like but you got out he's like and you had the chance to do something different with your life and i wanted to give you that Mm -hmm. opportunity to do that so that's like a again a withholding but there's a positive purpose i think again like i don't think a lot of people i just i i don't think dean knew what to do with bobby actually caring you know a lot of the times like it was just like yeah you're not my dad i was like well yeah because you don't know what a real dad is supposed to be like like this is what a real dad is yes this is what a father is supposed to do when they care for their kids is you know want to make sure they're taken care of um you know or he said like i think it was when he was still in the wheelchair and bobby was like you know dean spouted off something smart about him not being his father or some other stupid bullshit and bobby was like you know i i have a bullet in this gun and i every day i i don't use it on myself because you know i think in the end he says because I want to make sure I'm here, you know, for some reason for you guys. I think that's like the gist of it. Like I'm here to help you get through it or because you told me not to, you told me not to give up. So I'm doing this for you too. And it's that making them feel worthy of being cared about. And I don't think Bobby got that a lot either. Obviously growing up, we find out how hard it was for him. But again, he took that took it to an extreme where he didn't have his own kids and he didn't feel like he would be a good father, but in the end became like one of the best surrogate dads anybody 
could ask for. Um, and I don't think the boys realize that until he's gone really fully yeah, or appreciate it fully. I don't think they got that same. They There was loss and regret when John died, but not – it wasn't the same. I really think they no. were kind of like really left to their own for a while. That's why season seven is just so – season seven is so rough. I think yes. on so many levels because they everything's taken away from them in season seven. And even if they just have the two of them, they need more than that. I think that has to be understood, you know, that they they'll get by with just the two of them, but they need more than that, mm. you know, and yeah, it's just very. Yeah, very I think it's. I just. Oh, that scene in the hospital and, you know, Dean really, really going after the organ donor guy. Mm -hmm. And I think Sam's a little bit more pragmatic Mm -hmm. about the situation. But Dean's, I think for all, for all Dean's bluster about, you're not my dad and, you know, da, da, da. I think he holds Bobby up to that role. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Again, I, I don't think Dean can, Dean has a lot of, um barriers up even in that situation so i think you know he he cares about bobby but again like he's trying to like avoid the inevitable um i think he was i don't know he was so he was so upset like you know like messing up the car and stuff when john died but i still think it was more just his own guilt not necessarily losing his father you know yeah he never had that well, we talk about it. I don't, I would have to look again. I don't remember seeing a lot of one-on-one conversations with Dean and John. The the one when he was in the hospital right before John died, pulling him in, that was a discussion they had. But otherwise, Sam was usually around, you know, in those few conversations mm-hmm. that you saw them have in season one. Sam and John have a heart-to-heart in season one that I don't think John and Dean have. Um, Sam got a fucking apology in season 15 and Dean didn't with Lebanon yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and that's very telling too right like how Dean reacted to his father in that episode it wasn't all warm and fuzzies I think even though he thought that's what he wanted I think he realizes he didn't need it anymore you know like your heart's desire what really was his heart's desire with that like i don't think it's a child's way yeah having his father back um yeah and i think sometimes when you lose something very young and you you grow and you learn to live around what's missing Mm -hmm. but i don't think you ever stop wanting it mm-hmm. you le- you just learn to live around it mm-hmm. like we talked we talked about this in the um in the, the top and bottoms episode where i said you know if you gave me that pearl and told me yeah you could have your mum back or you could have like a billion pounds mm-hmm. and i'd choose the money every time mm-hmm. and i would if it was a conscious choice mm-hmm. but i think if that's the choice that you make you know if that's a wish that you make with your heart not your mind mm-hmm. you know it takes takes your subconscious into account i can't promise that it wouldn't be my mum that would have yeah. popped up there instead of a, a truckload of cash yeah because you just 
you're always aware of what you don't have. Mm-hmm. And you, like I said, you you grow around it and you find things to, you know, fill that void, but it never fits properly because mm-hmm. that's it's not meant to be there. You know, yeah. something else is meant to be there. Yeah. So as much as I as much as I hated John coming back for that episode and I thought it was dumb, although it does have one of the greatest bloopers of all time. <laughs> um and you know, Sam Sam got the apology and, and Dean got nothing. I get it. I do. I think still, like when I try to remember that episode, I feel like Dean's wish was he wanted his family together. It just yeah. happens that John had to be part of making that wish happen. You know what I mean? And uh and she- the the uh what's the episode? Oh, the the episode with the gin. Like again, John's not alive in this dream state that the um, mm. genie puts Dean in that's supposed to be his happy place. His dad's dead. You know, what does that, what does that say? If it was really his, it was really his wish to have his father back. His father would have been there. Yeah. And they could say whatever they couldn't do it because it couldn't bring Jeffrey Dean Morgan back. That still says a lot about how Dean inherently feels about his father. You know, I, I wonder if when Dean said, when Sam's like, what the fuck? And Dean's like, I've wanted this is was false. Shut up. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder if that wasn't bluster and what Dean's wish was for Sam to have his family. Mm. Sam never, to never see what got it was like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That would, that would make a lot of sense mm-hmm. with, um, with Dean's character. Anyone going to any cons, write this shit down. <laughs> Ask Jensen and Jared. Ask that's them, we need question. answers, people. Yeah, that's actually a good yeah. question, like what their thought would be on that. Because again, you could, knowing Dean, again, like family and then how family is all wrapped up in Sam. I could see, I could see that a lot. Yeah. Um, that his, his actual, hi, what do you, what do you have to say? You got an opinion? <laughs> Thank you. Aww. That was riveting. Any more? No? Okay. He's chatty today. He got opinions on dads, guys. Maybe <laughs> maybe it's because I neutered him when he was five months old and he feels bereft now. <laughs> this will never be your life, baby. You will never be a father. Oh, goodness. That is a good thing because you are. Oh, so dumb. <laughs> you would not survive in the wild and make very dumb children. <laughs> maybe that's why you got feelings. But yeah, I would, I would not have put it past Dean, actually. What were they? actually wishing for with that pearl i can't remember were they trying to give jackie's soul back or uncurse one of them oh it was because dean dean had um they were trying to figure out how to get michael he was holding up michael right like hostage in his brain remember so i think they were trying to figure out how to get michael how to get michael out or how to get just maybe kill him just be done with him so i think it was the whole michael dean thing because he was still trying to figure out I'm pretty sure that's why. I've got to look at. Hold on. It wasn't. They weren't trying to get rid of the Mark of Cain, were they? No, 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 no. Because we're talking. This was season 14 when this when Lebanon happened, Um, and that was the whole Michael Dean thing. Just bear with us while we're super professional and Google some shit. No, this is actually being super professional. Yeah, I I totally agree. This is trying to find the specific. The latest problem. 
Yeah, it was, it was because it was after nihilism. And when Dean was talking about, I've got to build this Malik box. And Sammy was like, we have to find another way. So I guess this other way was, yeah, Sam and Dean look to occult lore for a solution to their latest problem, which had to be the Michael Dean thing. Yeah, that's what it was. Michael was yeah. still in his head and he was, had him locked up in that freezer, that chest, that big old freezer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because it had the, um, was that John Wayne Gacy and stuff, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what it was. So, like, I guess they thought, you know, Dean's ultimate wish would be to get Michael out of his head. But it yeah. ended up being something else. Whatever his, again, heart's desire was just a weird way of putting it. Yeah, yeah I can I see st- it being a Sam thing. Yeah. I still think it's, um, yeah, a wish for, for, for Sam, not necessarily mm-hmm. for Dean. So, yeah, it had its limits. Deepest desire was to have his family back together. It couldn't resurrect John Winchester, although it pulled him from an alternate timeline. Pulled, well, pulled him from 2003. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. I would I would have to go back and actually mm-hmm. watch the um give your heart's desire. Yeah. I think I I I definitely would fall down on the side of Dean's heart's desire being to give Sam the family he never had. Mm-hmm. Rather mm-hmm. than anything else. But yeah, I think we can all agree Bobby would score like 9 out of 10. Oh yeah. On the good dad scale. But I think even his issues didn't, you know, like, again, they're understandable, you know, within reason. Yeah. But I think in the Battle of the Dads, the actual winner is Dean. (laughs) The best dad. dad. His kid grew up and went to Stanford, people. Pre-law. He's a clever cookie, you know? He fed that boy up big and strong. He's a clever muffin. He's short, research, if Dean hadn't come busting into his life and dragged him back out onto the road, he would have been a fantasy pants lawyer. You know, I think out of all the dads that dadded on Supernatural, Dean is 10 out of 10 there. Yeah. Gold star Dean. Excellent parenting. Excellent yeah. dadding there. Talk about sacrificing and all the stuff that he did. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So 100% Dean is best dad. <laughs> And if you feel differently, you know, if you like, no, no, so-and-so was a better dad than Dean, or, you know, you want to defend John, or you think maybe Bobby I really want to hear great. somebody defend John. I really do. That would yes. be the best. <laughs> I would just, I would like to see how other people interpreted some of the things that we've been like, and that was terrible. Mm-hmm. I would just want to see if anybody interprets them in different ways. That is the wonderful thing about shows like this it's open for interpretation isn't it because mm-hmm. we don't know we weren't there for every step yeah of yeah. john's life he might have been fucking amazing probably oh. not but he might have <laughs> been so hit us up with your thoughts is dean the best dad to ever dad in the show do you think john should have scored higher should bobby have scored lower hit us up where can i find it sandra they can reach out to us via email at idling in the impala at gmail.com we are on Twitter at idling in the letter D Impala. We have a Discord channel 
We will leave information on how to get to that in the description below. And if you want to reach out to me on AO3, I am Drasna. That's D-R-A-S-N-A. On Twitter, I am S Kyle Writes. It's S-K-Y-L-E-W-R-I-T-E-S. And if you want to learn about some of my original fiction, you can visit my website at sandrakyle.com. Seriously, guys, she could just fucking change like just one of those things. But and I they would all be. But I won't. They would all be all be right, wouldn't they? But she won't. <laughs> she won't. She likes being chaos. Mm-hmm. So I am the agent of chaos in all of the things apart from this one. So if you want to reach out to me, I am on AO3. It's Carly Karma. However you think that might be spelled, it's probably not. So it's K-A-R-L-E-E and then Karma as you would spell it normally. I am exactly the same on Twitter and it's the same profile picture in both places in case you think, hey, I wonder if there are two people with a weird spelt name out there. Same profile picture, it's probably me. So hit us up, people. Come check us out on Discord. Send us an email. Send us a tweet. I will tweet out a picture of Jinx um, (laughs) because he's been very vocal in this episode he has feelings on fatherhood maybe his father was pants i don't know i got him when he was a little kitten and i never got to meet his dad only his mom Mm. she was very nice um but maybe maybe he has daddy issues as well we don't know but i can reassure you that i have spayed and neutered my pets (laughs) and he will not be procreating any more kittens into the world that need homes but i will i will tweet out a picture of him for y'all so you can see the little podcast mascot that we have so Thank you for joining us in the back seat and we will see you next time. Bye guys. Bye-bye.